Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fundamentally Drained. I am your host, along with my friends Tom. I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> We're out of practice. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, today, um, we're recording this during Holy Week and these two priests have just, I mean, put things on hold to come and record this podcast with me for you. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate all your dedication and hard work. (laughs) We felt so bad about missing the last month because of, we just, we had to do it. Uh, so today we uh, thought we would talk about atonement. Why is that? You may ask. <laughs> well, a lot of us grew up with the uh, kind of twisted views of atonement. What what is atonement, Everett? <laughs> well, uh, atonement is the way in which human beings are reconciled to God and each other. Ooh! Oh, wait, time. Uh, that last part wasn't in my upbringing. So you've already added something new there. <laughs> what so part? atonement about being reconciled to each other? Yeah, that's uh that's new, buddy. You gotta save that for at least till we're ten minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so really that that's a good point, but yeah. So proceed if you had more to say, Everett. Well, I just answered Tom's question. Tom, oh, back to you. Back to you. <laughs> so um wh- I don't know about you two. I I would imagine it's true because we all had kind of similar upbringings. But um, the view of atonement that I grew up with, I think I could sum up this way. Um, God was angry with Mm. humanity because of how terrible, terrible we are. And uh, when there is sin, there has to be the shedding of blood. I've heard that verse so many times. Mm which I think is a twisting of the verse. And because we have sinned, there had to be a death. And so God was going to kill us. And then Jesus got in the way. So all of God's wrath was satisfied, quoting a song right there, on Jesus. um, And... And thank goodness Jesus got in the way and saved us from God, God's anger. And he won't cast us into hell because we have the blood of Jesus. That's so, that's a simplified version of the, that's good. the Easter story that we're moving towards right now that I grew up with. So I'm watching The Night Agent on Netflix. Pretty good. Not bad. Um I think it's called Night Agent. Anyway, and it has the Secret Service in it. What I, what I just heard is you tell us that Jesus is our Secret Service agent from God because he takes the bullet. Agent man. <laughs> yes. He takes the bullet for us. That's what I heard you explaining. Um, there had to, there had to be blood. You, what? Go ahead, Tom. Does that sound like what you guys grew up with? Yes-ish. 
it's funny. I don't remember the word, and this is probably on me. I don't remember the word atonement being thrown around whatsoever. Um, there's a lot of language that is used in, well, I just have to say the Episcopal Church today that I just was oblivious to. That definitely could have been on me. <laughs> um, so not paying attention. We're breaking up. What? Did your church say soteriology? <laughs> no. No, they did not. <laughs> I'm smiling. You can't see that on the Sorry. <laughs> He's poking what fun about... at but um what about propitiation? No. Nor penal the substitution atonement theory or whatever it was that what is that what it is? Yeah, whatever it is. So um but there had to be blood. It's a movie. For the wages of sin is death. There has to be a death. And the wrath of uh, God's wrath must be satisfied. Um, yeah, all those things. Absolutely. So that's how we understood it. Um, you know, I mean, that's how we understood what the cross was all about. Is, um, as you said, someone had to die for their sins. Because their sins uh, were... Because of their sins the person, the people, whatever, could not be in communion with God who was perfect. And so it's like impossible until the sins have been atoned for, right? Everett, is that you grew up with? Well, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have the same sort of level of... Um, you know, my, my kind of upbringing was more um, garden variety evangelicalism. Um, there, there was the strain of the school that I went to, which did implant some really bad theology. Um, and, um, you know, so that's where... But I didn't, I, I didn't have it in my church. I didn't have it in my home. Um so I would say that generally probably the most that it was is, is that, you know, Christ died for us and that's how, that's how sins are forgiven is through his death. Um, hmm. without any sort of just really, you know, yeah, that makes no sense. guilt laden stuff with it. Right. Right. Have you two run into parishioners? Who walked away from church because of that kind of twisted I, view? I run into I run into people um, who react, you know, who who strongly react to just the notion of atonement, and a lot of that has to do with sort of talking about. Um, yes, there's some bad ways in which we can, you know, sort of talk about it, um, but. You know, personally, I mean, I, I you know, uh, I think that that, you know, as uh, Thomas Aquinas said, that the death was was fitting, that the, the death of Christ to forgive sins was fitting. Hmm. Um, and so I, I don't I don't have I don't have hang ups around Christ died for us. Right. I don't either. But I did. I did for a while. That's interesting. Yeah, it was, too. it was real popular for a while to talk about like the 
you know, people would say, oh, well, you know, I'm more of the Christus Victor um, right. approach to atonement, right? I mean, so we would sit there and we would try to, and, and I don't know that there's any one atonement theory that fully explains what happened on the cross. Hmm. We're, appreciate- we're at a practice, Dustin. Sorry, we're interrupting you. Gosh, dang it. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I think we got a delay, too. Um, oh, it's interesting what you said, too, Tom, because I can appreciate that, that you, at one po- point you favored or believed this over this. And I think that's something to remember is that um, there isn't one magic bullet, um, but it's a journey. You know, because um, that that's what we do. We explore, we learn, we ingest, we take anything that we learn and we tie it uh, and wrap it around our experience. And I mean, that is the tapestry that is us. And so from that, we search and, um, and okay, Tom, your crazy eyes are driving me crazy. Sorry. <laughs> video is really distracting for me. Turn I the video just- off. <laughs> Tom's like doing jaw stretches and stuff. <laughs> Unique New York. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, I appreciate you as a priest saying, you know, that you did favor this, but then you did not. And that's that's kind of like the journey that we're on as opposed to walking in and and, um, and this doesn't happen um, literally where you walk in and someone's like, here's what you got to believe. You know, it doesn't happen that way, but there is some kind of sometimes some unsaid things like that um, where you you um, you're required to believe certain things. I don't know. That sounds cheap too. Um, but um, the crisis victor point, when I heard that, uh, which give us a, a quick um, summary of that, Everett, please. What's the crisis victor ideology? Theory. Well, um, Christus, Christus, Christus Victor, yes. so just main, means Christ victorious, um, is this idea that um that the death was not a punishment but rather it was victory and um and there's some there's a lot of a lot of truth to that like a lot of truth to that right i mean there's there's this whole um language in, in paul's letter about um sin being a power and principality that has to be defeated and right. And that's you know part of what happens in the death and resurrection of Jesus is is that um, sin as a power um, is is defeated. Um, so it just really means this idea that that death on the cross and resurrection is a victory, um, and it sort of diminishes or downplays, I think, um, the uh, you know other aspects of the atonement that I think are also important. And that is considered, uh, Christus Victor is considered an atonement theory? Correct. Okay. All right. So then, as well as the penal substitutionary atonement theory is another one, right? And that is Christ had to die in order for us to be forgiven our sins, I guess, something along that line. Is that that the specific way that one's described? I mean, so really, like Christ, Christ died in our place. In our place. Good. Thank you. Okay. Right. What are you gonna say, Tom? So substitution. Substitution. That's what I was missing. Okay. Right. Exactly. Whatever it said. It's not that Christ 
had to die. It's that we had to die because, as you said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I, I just have to say, the verse you quoted is the verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ, something like that. So I don't have the verse in front of me here, but um, I could in two seconds. But the uh, that is it. My understanding of that is that that has more to do with if if I'm smoking meth, you know, <laughs> I'm probably going to die from smoking meth. Hmm. You know, if I'm there's a there's a way you can choose to live that the natural um, result of those choices will be death. And it's also saying that it could be saying that because, you know, of the fall. We all die. That's the this the wages of sin is death. But it's not the way it gets twisted is it's saying uh, that God is demanding this because um, of God's vengeful nature. That's where it gets twisted. I don't know if I'm phrasing that very yeah, well. Yeah, the but, angry God, right? Yes, right. and that that is not. The God of Hebrew Scripture. That is not. That is Zeus. That is Poseidon. That is. <laughs> they're they're something. They're offended. That is so us. Gonna, what? Ooh. That is us. Yeah, and that is us. And that is us. That's right, everybody. Right. Good one. I've had a lot of people I grew up with who are evangelical atheists. People I love, you know, friends. Who, who only heard kind of a twisted version of it growing up. And, and it's, a, it's a pretty easy straw man to knock down. And, and so they reject faith because they only see God as this angry, vengeful um, being. And they have trouble believing in a God like that. And to me, that's the real danger of misunderstanding it. The way the, as N.T. Wright says, we have, um, what does he say? We've Platonized our eschatology, not eschatology. He, he basically says we've turned our understanding of salvation into, into a rehash of Greco-Roman paganism. Um, We've made salvation all about moral sin and not about the new heaven earth and the resurrection from the dead. We've turned it into our souls escaping um, this earth and sin to go to heaven and be, you know, as we've said a million times on this podcast. But um, anyway, <laughs> but but I I, I also want to say. And this is and this is the thing is like I, I agree with you one hundred percent that we have made we often make God into this sort of grumpy God you know sort of like if I've had a long day at work and I come home and and, and I'm just you know stressed and I'm tired and you know and and you know my kids do something and I just way overreact 
to, to what it is, right? And, and I don't know they, anything you're talking about. God. <laughs> <laughs> we make we make God into to to something else. Um and um hmm. we make God into something else. And but but and I don't know what the right conjunction I want to use is <laughs> is I also want to say that I think God really does care about our sin. Um and and, and like I hope God would look at you know, the death of children by gun violence and be angry by that. Like, oh, yeah. And maybe God's anger. Yeah, Bert, did you break up? Yeah. Oh, did you finish your stuff? No, I thought Tom was jumping in. Oh. You said, well, I thought Tom sorry. was jumping in. No. I just, I just, you know, the point is, I think, I think God does care about sin. And, um, you know, so I don't, I don't totally hate the language around like wrath, but I think it's a different kind of wrath than mm. humans. Oof, that's hard. Wrath. That's hard. I like what you're saying about God cares about our sin. In that, the same way a a father would care for its their child. Thank you, Tom, for the reference. <laughs> Smoking meth. Careful, well, uh, you cut out a second. What'd you say? Care for our what? Um, gosh, what's going on with our connection? Um, sorry, folks. We apparently aren't having great connections today. Um, it must be the storms here in Oklahoma. Um, I said God cares about our sins in the way, um, and referencing what Tom said earlier, that a father would care for a child who's smoking meth. It's going to end up bad. There's nothing good to come from that. Um, and so did, am I coming through now? Okay. Yes. Um, and so because like you referenced that verse earlier that from Paul, the wages of sin or death, um, is same kind of thing that our sin can lead to physical or, uh, I guess I should say actually literal or figurative death. Um, you know, and then that, that also kind of brings back into what Everett said earlier about atonement being, um, the, did I make a note of what, yeah, reconciling the reconciliation between God and others, those sin, that sin not only can, um, Hmm, actually I want to talk about that. Let's put a pin in it, separate us from God, but it also can separate us from others. So in that, um, I'm sorry to keep using this meth reference, but I mean, there, there is a wedge driven in between families for addiction. Let's just go that route, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Not to pick on meth, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And that's, that's something else. So how does it's it pick on meth? How does atonement, well, I'm just, whatever. How does atonement play into that? What does that have to do with Christ dying on the cross? So you're asking in, well, in, I think it, in Everett's view of atonement. Yes. Understand. Go ahead, Everett. Well, I think, you know, to, you know, the letter of John where it says, you know, if you, if you say that you love God, but you hate your, you know, your, your brother or sister, you're a liar. 
that there's something that um, both how we love and care for each other um, is is also part of how we love love God. And so when humanity is broken, there's a part of our relationship with God is broken. Um, and 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 the hard part is is that there are some times where in order to protect yourself, you have to break relationships, right? So a woman who's in an abusive situation, you, you, you know, you can't say, oh, well, you have to stay in that. Right. Because if you, if, you know, if you break relationship with your husband, then you've now broken relationship with God. And there's a lot of churches um, who sadly sort of make that, that very argument. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of a reality that, that there's always going to be broken relationships on this side of the grave. Um, but there's some that can be repaired, but also I want to say that there are some that just probably can't be and won't be. And how does atonement play into those relationships? Well, cause I mean, I, 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 I think that, um, I mean, like I said, like, like our love of one another is part of our love of God. And so, you know, if, 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 if Christ can forgive us, if God can forgive us for what we have done, shouldn't I be able to forgive somebody else? So then forgive them for they know not what they do is that's what you're tying that to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I was just wondering where that came into place. The relationship with others between others or between us and others and what the cross has to do with that. (laughs) You know what? I'm gonna. I, you know what? I'm gonna start recording this, Tom. And if you're not gonna stop making silly faces, you're not looking in a mirror. That's your phone, buddy. Everybody if needs to we see Tom on YouTube with the video. Our ratings will go through the roof. <laughs> I'm gonna just spit coffee so, on my microphone. Can I take a crack at that? No. Okay, go. Okay, so I well, Everett said earlier that. There's no one theory of atonement that captures everything. And I think I'm play, I'm summarizing what I think Everett said. Um, am I really, am I making you mad, Justin? Do I need to stop being so? <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it. I'm taking the screenshot and sharing it with this episode. <laughs> okay. I'll stop being silly. Um, so I think there is an element of substitution as Everett said, there's an element of Christ victory. And, but I think the real St. Athanasius, he's one of the church fathers, has a quote. Let me read it. The word, as I said, he's talking about Jesus, the living word, being himself incapable of death, assumed a mortal body that he might offer it as his own in place of all and suffering for the sake of all through with it might bring to naught him that had the power of death that is the devil and might deliver them who all their lifetime were enslaved by the fear of death what he's saying and this is my understanding of it that as you said, what does Jesus have to do with, what does atonement have to do with broken relationships? Jesus 
um, came and became human, became human, became flesh and dwelt among us. And God becoming flesh defeated death. Um, took, took the place in our, so there's a sense of substitution in that he's, he's going through what we've been through, but he's going to go through it for all of us in the sense of, and there is violence at the cross, but it's not, and from my, from my, you know, I read it, it's, it's Roman violence on Jesus. It's the religious leaders violence on Jesus. There's not God telling them they have to do this. I don't see that. Um, but that's my explanation for it, that we have scars. Our scars are not forgotten. Jesus has scars. You know, Jesus knew what it was to have a broken relationship. Jesus and Judas, for example. Hmm. Um, and so... The atonement is about him defeating death, defeating and making the way for this new world that we're waiting for, that we experience a little bit of every Sunday in the Eucharist. Or Anyway, Everett's making faces. I feel I've never made a face this whole video. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. We're clowns. <laughs> you want to respond to you want to argue? <laughs> no, I, I don't. He's picking I, a fight. I agree with everything you just. Okay. I agree with everything you just said, except for I wasn't making a face. Uh, okay. Oh. So then, just taking um, a crack. What does it mean to be separated from God um, through sin? Um, and ever you can start. What does that? What does that mean? And how does atonement cover over that? Yeah, I don't. So I don't like. Uh, sorry, let me. I'm sorry. Let me jump back in. I do not like the language "separated from God" because there is a place of being alone that is hopeless, and that is a very toxic way to tell someone that they're a sinner is you're separated from God, and that can get really toxic really fast. And I thought that I was separated from God, like God was gone for eight years. I don't know. I'm just making that up of my life. And then coming back into the church and it was like, that's not, that's not possible. It's not, it's, it's not possible to be away from God. So that become a, a, a cornerstone or whatever of my ministry too, is like, not going to church does not mean you're separated from God. So I don't like the language. I thought I'd lead with that. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Now give it a go, Everett. <laughs> He's looking frozen. Let it go. I, Let it go. I can't go. tell if, he, or if it's, um, he's waiting. <laughs> he's not waiting. He's frozen. <laughs> Uh, technology. Hi, Tom. Everett just dropped off Hi. my call. Uh, you know what? I hope everybody else is laughing like we are. So, Tom, tell me about what I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. I have, 
I have no clue what happened. All of a sudden, this conversation, Satan was attacking our call. Because all of a sudden, my phone says that, that my phone is too hot and I can't use it until I cool down. Wow. That's so, really funny. And you're not supposed <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> too uh, hot. Yeah, too hot. Uh, so what, it might so, be time uh, for a new phone. Justin, um, to, to your point, I, 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 this, I agree with you. I mean, I think God doesn't separate us from us. We separate from God. Mm, okay. And that that separation is a perceived separation, not a real separation. Yes. Right? So, Amen. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, like, like God doesn't care about me. Well, God does, but mm. I don't feel that God does. And, and so I both want to honor the person and their point in life in which they feel like there's this real separation from God. And because sometimes that can actually be a fruitful place of spiritual growth. Hmm. Sure. But on the other hand, I do want to say that the separation is, is, is on our part, not, not God's. Right. Um, there's a natural separation of the fact that God is God and we are not right. Um, but, but the, but the, the, the feeling of, how connected I am to God is, is on us, not on God. Hmm. God doesn't just sit there and say, well, I'm going to ignore Justin for you know a while. And right. He's know. such a sinner. Right. Yeah. Right. That's important. So important. And, um, and if you've ever gone through what I kind of just described, I'm sorry because it sucks. Um, and I, and I, I do agree with you ever in my experience and in my life, that separation was a very forming time for me when I look back, but it also sucked. Um, and, uh, during that time I was playing music and you could read my lyrics and you kind of giggles and be like, you did, you were just working all your stuff out. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, it's an interesting point. Um, Tom, anything to add to that? No, I've heard, I've heard it said that, okay, yes. You've heard it I said. said no. <laughs> I've heard it said that another way to think of atonement is at one meant. Hmm. Like, this is about reconciliation so that we can be, as Everett said, one with God, one with our fellow human beings. And it, we are one with the and Spirit. It, depends, with the it all depends on how we understand humans what we are if we don't understand the nature of humanity that's the place you have to start this is a philosophical uh, debate so so say what was your question again and then i'll come back to it because i was thinking about everett's answer separate from god what okay so first i would say before I talk about atonement, that's a question for Jesus. Because on the cross, on Good Friday, we're going to hear hmm? days, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, I would say that was not perceived separation. That was, that was real separation, but it was separation that Jesus chose. Like Everett said, this is something only we can do and Jesus did that by um, 
And it's not the violence that God enacted, but this is violence. The war, all of the violence of the world, is in, in, a, in a sense, is thrown at Jesus at that moment. And he's going through what we all go through. So it's, it, it defeated the possibility of separation, is what I'm trying to say. This at one moment, this, because Jesus has been through this now, um, there's a, there is a new reality that has been enacted. And I think that's, I would have to say that's probably my one, one of my biggest disagreements with the understanding of faith that I grew up with. Um, we're waiting for heaven to save us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We're yep. going to be saved by the sweet by and by. Yeah. And, but my understanding of the gospel is that, you know, Jesus said that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the beginning of that being possible isn't heaven, isn't after the return, it's Easter Sunday. This is the beginning of the new creation. And so in a way that is beyond my comprehension God has brought about a new reality, a new relationship for humanity and all of creation, according to John 3, 17, for the world, for all of us. So we tend to look back at Scripture and we assume that theological or that state existed for all time, but there's something new that happened on the cross and And this is partly why I wanted to talk about atonement today, because true confession time, I have pretty much avoided ever preaching on Good Friday. (laughs) Because I didn't want to, this is too big to explain. It's Mm. too, and I can't, and I know people don't need an explanation of the cross on Good Friday in a 15 minute sermon or 10 minute sermon or eight minute sermon, but. 15, geez. (laughs) I can't, I can't, uh, I can't not take a take a take a crack at it, and and so thank you guys for letting me work out my uh, sermon. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I think one of the ways, one of the things he did on the cross, or one of the things Jesus did, was he came to end our sacrificial ways of making atonement. That's what I've heard one author say i think it's in patheos a blog by and and god has replaced our ways of making atonement with god's way of making atonement which is forgiveness love grace mercy does that make sense yeah it's very good something has been substituted the human way is we we fix problems with violence that was the Greco-Roman pagan way. That is the, that's the way. And Jesus is saying, no, you fix problems with self-sacrificial love. Mm. Um, and the ultimate example of that, that has made that for all of us is the cross. So, nice. uh, what, what, One text I want to go back to, and then we can wrap up if we need to, but 
you know the story of Abraham and Isaac mm-hmm. when um, when Abraham is is uh, told that he'll have to sacrifice his son he goes and he does that if you go to the um, to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre where they're the chapel for the place where they say Jesus was crucified that that image is painted mm. right there and, um, and and so there's a way in which the church has traditionally connected those two stories and after the story um, in which Isaac is is spared um, there is a a, a a killing of the ram and it a pathway then made in between the two pieces and this was an ancient way in which the cultures would make an agreement Justin and I would make an agreement about something and then we would kill an animal and we would go through the pathway as a way of saying, if we break the commandment or the agreement, then this is what will happen to me. May we end up like the and, animal, right? And and in that story, it is not Abraham who walks through, but it is God who walks through. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a way of saying that God is saying that that whatever happens, it's going to be on me, not on you. Mm. That is, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up and we could spend another whole long time on that, but that's a great point. And then when, um, to further that a little bit, when at the last supper, Jesus breaks the bread in half, like the animal and says, this is my body, which is symbolizing that he is taking that upon himself. Um, I don't know if you ever correlated that or I didn't know about that. And so, um, man, that's a good one to talk about. We should talk about that more because that's a, that's a mic drop of a, (laughs) uh, we haven't, we have another episode next week. Yeah. We may need to dive into that more. So, um, okay. Yeah. We need to wrap up. God, this is getting long. Um, uh, heck I might separate this out into two of them just to do that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, one thing I'll wrap up with this and thanks guys for all the info. Um, we talked about separating from God and how uh, things separate us from God and what happened in the temple when Christ died. The Remember? veil was torn in two. The veil was torn in two, which is an ultimate symbol of not being separated from God. Um, exactly. And, um, and so there you go. There's your hopefully chills moment. It got me, gave me chills when I thought about that. And that's the purpose that this is atonement back to whatever it said in the beginning is to bring us closer to God and to others. And that is a, a great symbol of that. So keeping that in mind and then what, um, uh, what's your name? Oh yeah. Tom said about on Easter Sunday, it is all a new beginning and how we can move into that and look upon the world in that way now, not in some, you know, escape plan. And I think those are some great things to tie into the theme of atonement. So hopefully through Holy Week, you can take those with you and reflect upon them. And I think that's it. Thank you all for listening. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. Hope you hopefully you get just as many giggles out of that and Tom's silly faces as we do. <laughs> Hope you have a great Holy Week and a wonderful Easter. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. 
You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.